Welcome to the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. My name is Jeanette Cochran. I'm a pastor, women's leadership coach, and self-proclaimed Jesus feminist. I'm on a mission to inspire and equip women everywhere to own our voice, speak up, create, and lead wherever God calls. Because when women rise, everyone wins. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so grateful that you've chosen to listen in today. Before I jump into today's topic, I want to let you know that this will be the final episode for 2022. There's a lot to do to get ready for Christmas celebrations with family. And this year, I'm leading a community initiative at our church to provide toys for about 750 children. That's going to take a lot of time and effort. And while I love doing this podcast, I was just looking over my list for December and I realized I want to be able to move at a sustainable pace and I want to be able to enjoy the holiday season. And so that means I've got to prioritize. And so what I've decided to do is to take the next five weeks off from podcasting. But please do subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, wherever you listen, because come January 2023, I will be back with a new season of powerful content to grow your leadership. I have a full lineup of impactful Christian women leaders that I'm talking with, and they are going to inspire and encourage you to rise to your full potential. This episode today is going to launch just a few days before Thanksgiving. And so I want to talk with you about the power of gratitude and how we can cultivate more of it in our life. There's a field in psychology research called happiness science. And over the last decade, one of the most powerful findings that has been proven over and over again is that people who practice gratitude regularly have significantly higher levels of happiness than those who don't. People who regularly express gratitude are not only happier, but they have less stress, more energy, they have fewer physical ailments. Gratitude has been linked to better sleep. One study even showed that people who intentionally practiced gratitude, lowered their symptoms of depression by 30%. That's a lot of benefits that we can get from practicing gratitude. Over and over again throughout the Bible, God tells us to be thankful. I think of Psalm 100 verse 4 that says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Give thanks to him and praise his name. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Again and again, God tells us to be thankful. But I don't think he tells us to be thankful for his benefit. It's not because God really needs our appreciation, but it's because he knows that we need it. God has created us and wired our brains in such a way that gratitude increases our health and our joy and our well-being. God instructs us to be thankful so that we can enjoy life more. But how do we have gratitude when things aren't going so well in our life? When we have needs and problems and challenges and real pain, 
How do we cultivate gratitude then? Well, that's really what I want to talk about today because gratitude is always useful, but it's especially important when we are going through challenging times because gratitude can heal brokenness. It brings hope when there's despair. When we feel overwhelmed and stuck, gratitude can help us to find a new perspective. Ultimately, gratitude strengthens us to walk through the trials and challenges of life. I want to share with you today four practices that have really helped me to cultivate gratitude when I am going through difficult situations. These are habits that if you adopt, they will help you to foster an attitude of gratitude so that you just don't have to wait until gratitude shows up, but you can actively pursue it every day. These are four principles that I regularly practice in my life, but I want to say I don't do it well all the time, right? (laughs) Gratitude really is a practice, and that means it's something that we have to cultivate and do again and again. There are days where I am stuck in negativity, but when I recognize it, when I become aware of it, these are the practices that help me to pull myself out of it and begin to cultivate gratitude, which gives me the power to be more resourceful, to be more resilient, to find solutions, and just to experience peace and joy. So the first, the first practice is to refocus and give thanks. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we feel worried or discouraged or fearful, we need to pray and ask for what we need. But notice it doesn't say, and feel thankful. It says to pray with thanksgiving. Give thanks. It says there's an action, not a feeling. Feeling grateful and being grateful aren't necessarily the same things. And so sometimes we may not feel grateful, but we can still move in the direction of acting grateful and being grateful with our thoughts and with our words, because our thoughts create our feelings. So if we begin noticing what we can give thanks for and speaking it out, our grateful feelings will follow. So we've got to refocus and begin giving thanks. Now, don't misunderstand me here. This is not some Pollyanna pie in the sky, put your head in the sand, don't worry, be happy. This is, okay, tell God what you need. Be honest about it. But then start to focus on what you do have. Don't stay hyper-focused on the problem. Instead, look for the positive and start thanking God for it. In a 1995 study, by Professor Vicki Medvik. She studied Olympic medalists and discovered that the bronze medalists were quantifiably happier than silver medalists. Imagine that. Olympians who came in third place were happier than those who came in second place. And here's why. She discovered that silver medalists tended to focus on how close they came to winning the gold 
So they weren't as satisfied with the silver. The bronze medalists, on the other hand, tended to focus on how close they came to not winning a medal at all. And so they were filled with joy. They were just happy to be on the stand. Where they placed their focus determined their level of gratitude and ultimately their happiness. It wasn't in the medal. Because if it was, then you would think those, those second place silver medalists should have been happier. It was their focus. Can you relate to this? I mean, I certainly can. Sometimes instead of being grateful for all I have, I focus on what I don't have yet. It's so easy at times to get hyper-focused on the big goal in front of me instead of appreciating the small steps that I've taken to get there. Sometimes it's um, focusing on that person that I wish I could change or that problem that I wish would go away. But when we hyper-focus on the problem, our happiness decreases. When we give it to God, when we say, hey, God, here's what I really need, but thank you for what I have and start focusing on the positive aspects of life, our gratitude rises. Henry Cloud, in his book called The Law of Happiness, tells a story about a man named Bill who was able to refocus and find gratitude after being fired from a job that he had held for 21 years. Here's what Bill had to say. I'm talking to a lot of people and looking for work, but nothing has come along yet. In the meantime, one of the things I decided to do was train and enter a marathon. I've wanted to do that for a long time. With my work, I've never had the time to train and do it right, and so I figured this might be my only chance. So I did it. Last weekend, I was walking up to the start line, and all of a sudden, my eyes welled up with tears. I realized something. I'm so fortunate. I started feeling so grateful for so many things, like being healthy enough to enter a race to begin with, for my family and friends, and for the work experiences that I got to have at the company for so long. And get this, I was even grateful that getting fired had given me the opportunity to finally enter a race. You see, when we refocus and give thanks gratitude grows. This is why Paul writes in Philippians 4.8. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul wrote these words while he was suffering. He wrote these words while he was confined in a prison. And he's able to tell us this because he knows from personal experience that when he focused his mind on the positive thoughts, his well-being increases. When he trains his brain to look for and focus on positive aspects, the things that he can be grateful for, gratitude grows. What we focus on expands in our life. And so if we can refocus and give thanks, then gratitude will grow, anxiety will decrease, overwhelm, and discouragement will go down. 
The second practice that has helped me is re-envisioning the simple as the significant. So often we see our lives under the illusion of entitlement. Entitlement focuses on what we lack. Entitlement says, I deserve this or that. So if I don't have it, then I'm going to be ungrateful. If I don't have it, then I'm going to have a problem because I think I deserve to have this. When we can take off the lens of entitlement and recognize the places in our life where we may be living under the illusion of entitlement, We begin to see that everything that we have is a gift. We can begin to re-envision and see that some of the simple things that we have taken for granted really are significant. When we woke up this morning, that was a gift. Somewhere, someone did not wake up today. We can give thanks for our amazing body and how it works constantly to keep us alive. Think about it right now. My heart is pumping blood. My lungs are breathing air. My stomach is digesting food and sending energy to my cells. And I don't even have to think about it. It just happens every day, all day, even while I sleep. That is amazing. Three and a half years ago, I was going through treatment for breast cancer and I was undergoing chemotherapy. And during this time, I decided to keep a gratitude journal. I went on Amazon and I bought one of those artsy, really pretty journals. And every day I would write down three to five things that I was grateful for. And they could not be the same things. I had to really get outside of myself and look for three to five new things every day. And what I learned in the season is I began to experience real gratitude for just sometimes things that I never even gave one thought for previously. Things that you may think are really silly, but let me give you an example. For example, one day in my gratitude journal, I expressed incredible joy to God over nose hairs. (laughs) Now, I know that sounds a little ridiculous, but let me explain. So when you go through chemotherapy for breast cancer, you probably know women, we lose our hair. Well, we lose all of our hair. So eventually, I lost eyelashes, eyebrows, even my nose hairs. And I began to notice that my nose would run a lot. And I suffered a lot from allergies because so many allergens in the air could just quickly get into my system because I didn't have nose hairs to stop them. And so I began to realize like, wow, these little things that no one sees and I never think about, God placed them there for a reason and they serve me. And so when my nose hair started to grow back, I had real joy. And I remember writing in my gratitude journal that day, God, thank you for nose hairs. I remember the day that I looked into my magnifying mirror And on the tips of the lids of my eyes, I could see these little teeny black dots. And I realized my eyelashes were growing back. Such joy welled up in my soul. And again, that day, eyelashes were on my gratitude journal. And I really felt joy for them. I began to realize like these little things that I thought were simple 
were really significant and that I wasn't entitled to nose hairs and eyelashes. God gave me those for a reason and and I needed to be thankful for them. What simple things in your life could you re-envision to see that they really are significant and begin to thank God for them? If you do that, Your gratitude will increase, your joy will go up, your anxiety will lessen, and your peace will be restored. And then the third practice is realize a bigger perspective. Begin to see your life from a bigger perspective. James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Ultimately, the Bible is saying, hey, life's troubles can be an opportunity for joy. Now, maybe you're thinking, that's crazy, Jeanette. How is trouble supposed to make me joyful? when all I'm experiencing is pain and suffering? Well, obviously, the experience itself doesn't bring joy. I don't think James is saying, find joy from your pain. What he's saying is, if we can view it from a bigger perspective and trust that God is in our trouble and believe that he is working through our experience, then we can thank him for that and we can have joy because of the end result of the experience. That through the experience, we can have joy that God is working greater maturity in us, that God is working growth and character in us. And that growth and character and maturity produces joy. But we've got to step back and view it from a bigger perspective. So maybe you are wanting a promotion at work, a promotion that you've been working really hard for and it hasn't come yet. Maybe God is working greater humility and obedience into your character right now so that he can trust you with that promotion. Maybe you want to find the right person and settle down and and find a partner that you can spend your life with. But maybe God is developing you right now to become the right person, to have the character so that when that partner arrives, you will actually be able to recognize them and be ready for that relationship. There are two kinds of faith, delivering faith and sustaining faith. Delivering faith is what we tend to ask God for first. Delivering faith is that faith that believes God to fix our problem, change that person, remove the obstacle. Faith that says, God, I want you to deliver me from this problem. And God can do that, and often he does. But there's also another kind of faith called sustaining faith. This kind of faith is a deeper trust a deeper dependence upon God because God doesn't remove the problem. Instead, he sustains us through it. The Apostle Paul developed sustaining faith. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul tells his story about how he had this really heavy weight, this heavy burden and problem, and he doesn't tell us what it is. He calls it a thorn in the flesh. But he says it caused him a lot of pain. And 
He says that three times he begged God to take it away, but that God said, no, I'm not going to take it away from you. God told him, Paul, I will sustain you through it because my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. Essentially, what God was saying is, is Paul, my power can perfectly compensate for any of your weaknesses. Maybe you've been trudging through a dark and difficult path for a long time, and you've been asking God again and again to take it away, to deliver you from it, but it's still there. If that's you, I want to encourage you today to consider a bigger perspective, that perhaps God is working in you to build a deeper, sustaining faith. Perhaps he's not taking away your problem, not because he doesn't care or he doesn't see you, because he's trying to meet you in your problem. Jesus said, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. He is there in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your challenge. And so I ask you today, where is God at work in your pain? How does God want to develop your character and grow you? How might God want to help you develop a deeper, sustaining faith? Whether you feel thankful or not, start expressing words of thanks from a bigger perspective. That looks something like this. Maybe saying, God, I thank you that you will work all things out for my good. God, I thank you that you are growing me and you are building my character so that I'll be fully prepared for what you have ahead for me in the future. God, thank you that you are with me in this. Even if I can't feel you, I know that I am not carrying the weight of this alone. Thank you, God, that you will strengthen me. Thank you, God, that your word says that you uphold me with your righteous right hand and you will lead me with wisdom and truth. When we can realize a bigger perspective and then begin giving thanks from that perspective, our gratitude goes up and our strength increases. And then the fourth practice that can help us develop gratitude is to remember the resurrection. At some point, we all come face to face with the reality that life is not fair often it brings us to a crisis of faith. We might think, God, if you really loved me, you wouldn't let this happen. That's a normal human response. For some people in their disappointment and anger, they turn their back on God and they want nothing to do with God. For others, there's not a complete turning away, but more of this subtle, quiet disappointment. In his book, Disappointment with God, Philip Yancey tells the story of a man named Douglas whose life troubles began when his wife was diagnosed with cancer. As his wife was battling cancer and going through chemo, he was taking care of her and his daughter and all of the duties that come along with that. And then one night in the midst of this crisis, Douglas was driving down the road with his wife and his 12-year-old daughter in the car, and a drunken driver swerved across the center lane and hit their car head-on. Miraculously, his wife wasn't hurt at all, and his daughter only had a broken arm. But Douglas was injured pretty badly, and he ended up with disabilities, that remained, and he learned to cope with his disabilities, but his life was even more difficult. 
when Philip asked Douglas about his disappointments, this is what Douglas had to say. To tell you the truth, I don't feel any disappointment with God. The reason is this. I learned first through my wife's illness and especially through the accident not to confuse God with life. I'm no stoic. I'm as upset about what happened to me as anyone could be. I feel free to curse the unfairness of life and to vent my grief and anger. But I believe God feels the same way about the accident, grieved and angry. I don't blame him for what happened. We tend to think life should be fair because God is fair, but God is not life. And if I confuse God with the physical reality of life by expecting constant good health, for example, then I set myself up for a crushing disappointment. God's existence and his love for me does not depend on my good health. If we develop a relationship with God apart from our life circumstances— We can learn to trust God despite all the unfairness of life. Jesus said in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I don't know what pain or suffering or disappointment you're enduring as we move into a holiday season. As we move into Thanksgiving and Christmas, maybe this is going to be the hardest holiday you have ever endured in your life because of a loss, because of someone who's not going to be there, because the end of a relationship. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the loss of a job and you're not able to to really provide for your family in the way that you have in the past. But I want you to know if you're listening today that because of the cross, you can trust that God understands and that he cares about your pain, and that he is with you in the midst of your suffering. And that is something that you can speak thanks for. Even if you don't feel grateful, you can speak out the words of thanks. You can thank him for the cross. You can thank him for being there. You can thank him for the promise that a day is coming when he will wipe every tear from your eyes when there will be no more death or mourning or pain because the old order of way uh, the old order of things will pass away you can thank him that a new era will dawn in jesus one day when jesus is fully king and his righteousness and justice and love will reign supreme forever but until then gratitude will strengthen us to walk through the trials and the challenges of life And we can foster gratitude every day by refocusing and giving thanks, choosing where to focus, finding the positive, and speaking out words of thanks for those things. Re-envisioning the simple as significant. Don't let the small and seemingly simple things of life go unnoticed. Give thanks for them because they really are significant. And when those things fall away, sometimes that's when we realize most how significant they are. So re-envision the simple as the significant. And then realize a bigger perspective. 
Remember your life has a greater perspective. Try and get out of the circumstance that you're in and step back and realize that God is at work writing a bigger story and a story of hope and a story of redemption and a story of healing. Realize a bigger perspective and give God thanks for that and your gratitude will rise. And then last but certainly not least, remember the resurrection. So that's all I have for you today, friends. Have a beautiful and blessed Thanksgiving and holiday season. And remember, the Empowered Christian Woman podcast will be back after Christmas. In 2023, we're going to focus on growing our leadership influence. I have a fantastic lineup of Christian women leaders that I'm bringing to the podcast. Women whose amazing work and wisdom will challenge and inspire you. And so... Do subscribe and follow so that you don't miss it when those episodes launch, because together in 2023, let's grow and let's build a community where women everywhere are rising to our full potential, because when women rise, everyone wins. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with other women in your network. For more information about me and the work that I do, check out JeanetteCochran.com. And I'd love to hear from you personally. Come join the conversation on social. You can find me on Facebook at Coach or Instagram at Jeanette.Cochran.